Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning. My name is uh, John, and uh, together with my wife, Joni, uh, we serve as senior pastors here. Sadly, Joni uh, can't be with us this morning. She, she's not well, so uh, pray for me. I mean, pray for, pray for Joni. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, uh, and so today we're concluding uh, our, our vision series. Um, and I want to begin by reading a few verses from the book of Luke, chapter 14. It's the parable of the great banquet. It says this, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets, alleys of the town, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Here you see a picture of God's heart. A great banquet has been prepared. There is still plenty of room and we are compelled to bring people in so that God's house will be full. This is the premise of this passage. It's also the premise and a heart behind the vision of home. We want to lay on a banquet, if you like, and invite the city and beyond to come home. That's essentially at the core of what we want to do. And the first week, we announced that we would be a church that is centered around this idea of home. There are three dimensions to this, God is home, the church is home, and creating home in our city um, by creating rooms so that people can come home. Essentially, the matrix of the church with Jesus at the, at the center, the foundation, and at the head of up, in, and out. Our connection, our relationship with God, our relationship in community, and our relationship with reaching out to our city and beyond. The best compliment someone could give to us as a church when they meet us in a Sunday service in one of our um, alpha groups and our ministries at the soup kitchen, when they meet you and I out and about is this, is that first and foremost, I connected with God. Wow, I experienced God. That is the most important thing, that we have Jesus to offer our city. Secondly, wow, I felt like I came home. It was family. I felt welcomed. I felt like I belonged for the first time in my life. I felt that I found community. And thirdly, wow, if this church ever closed down, there would be uproar in our city. Is that the church exists for those people who are outside the church. And we're seeing so many people's lives turned upside down by Jesus is that people are like, what is going on? We had a, a wonderful time uh, yesterday with about 60 of our, our leaders. We came together and 
the overwhelming sense, the kind of unifying theme, I just sense it in the room was this, is that we are here for the sake of the city. We're here, this church exists for the sake of the city. We want to leave the 99. We want to leave um, our comfort zones, if you like, for the sake of the one, which is the heart of God. And if you were to cut Joni and I in half, we would bleed a vision for a church that is focused outward, that is focused upon people who don't know Jesus yet. And then Joni shared in week two last week about culture Uh, This is what we're leaning into. This is kind of what home looks like for us. This is kind of like the feel that people will have. A church that's creative, a church that's fun, a church that honors, a church that does things excellently, a church that is healthy and growing, that's naturally supernatural, a church that is inclusive. I truly believe with a heart that beats for home and with this kind of culture and the foundational values that our church is built on, that where we stand on the word of God and we live it out, where we're empowered by the spirit, we don't believe in being religious or hyping things up, we have a robust theology of the kingdom of God, we believe in compassion to the poor, we believe in meeting God in worship. It's not a spectator thing, but we encounter God and we experience his presence, and out of that, as we come in a place of hunger and dependence, we begin to see God's manifest presence among us. We begin to see freedom and healing and salvation. In a culture and with values where we believe you're to come as you are, but you don't stay as you are, because when you're touched by Jesus, your life is changed. You start to live right, you start to do right things, you start to do things right at work and in your marriage and your family, it just affects everything in your finances. It just infuses your whole life because you've been transformed by Jesus. So of course we say to our city, come, come as you are. But you know when you get impacted by Jesus and his transforming word, it changes everything. Everything from the inside out. I believe with those things, we can see this city changed. And friends, God is really with us. In Acts chapter 17, it talks about how God has predetermined the times that we live in and the places that we live in. And so I want to say to every single one of you, even if you're here for the first time, for the last few weeks, few months, for a number of years, is that you're not here by accident. You are here for such a time as this on purpose, and we need you. We need the whole body of Christ to function as the body of Christ. We need you and your gifts and your heart and your personality and the way you do things. We need you. We need each other. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. It's our time, but with our time comes our turn. And we would love for you to come on this adventure with us of taking your turn and helping people find home in God, in church, and creating room for other people to be among us. Uh, Recently and, and sadly, you would have heard the news of the brilliant basketball player Kobe Bryant passed away. Another basketball great was Michael Jordan. They said of him, which is why he was seen as a great, is that when it came to critical moments, critical times in the game, when when the last few seconds, the dying seconds of the game, and they needed uh, some points to draw or to win, is that he was always the one wanting the ball. In that moment, He was the one saying, give me the ball. 
I can do this. He never had what you call opportunity aversion. The key, over and above actually his ability, was his availability. Is that he just said, I'll have the ball and win the game. God is looking simply for our availability. He's looking for our willingness to want the ball of God's purposes, if you like, in our generation. A person who will stand in the gap. A person who will say, yes, I'm all in. I'm all in to the king and his cause of the kingdom of God. This is where he's beckoning and calling us at the moment. You know, uh, it's amazing that in the 30 years I've been following Jesus, um, his timing is always perfect. He always knows what we need. He's always in the detail of our lives. And um, we've had some wonderful prophetic things that have, have happened to us over the years in leading up to this uh, new season. In April 2017, uh, Jeremy Lane, our founding pastors, came to our house for dinner uh, to formally ask us if we would consider taking on the church. And um, we've been on a 15-year journey, really, I had. Um, but in that moment, it, it felt like this got a bit real. And I remember Jeremy Lane saying, look, don't be surprised at the backlash you'll receive from the enemy in the next few months. And I said in my head, oh, I don't think that will happen to us. I, I think we might just escape it. And uh, I don't know why I thought that, but I did. Anyway, the next couple of months for us as a family were, were horrific. And um, I won't go into detail, but some things happened which were incredibly challenging. And I was really struggling. And I thought, if this is what it means to pastor the church, I'm not sure I want to do it. <laughs> but um, God is gracious, and I was praying, and I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me um, the number three. I want you to remember the number three. Now, I'm someone, I just don't do numerology. Okay, I'm just not someone, I, I don't do that kind of thing, and I dismissed it. And the Lord graciously said to me, John, think about the houses you've lived in since you moved to Hull. And I went, or well, number 13, number three, number 73, and now number 83. So I kind of thought, okay, well, I'll just leave it. And in the midst of the trial that we felt and the, and the difficulty, um, Journey fell pregnant with uh, our daughter, Elsie. Now, when Elsie was born, she was our third child. She was, though we were due to be the, she was due to be the first child born on that day. She was actually the third child born that day in the ward. Um, she was born on the 13th of the 3rd. She was born at 13.13. She uh, weighed 3.33 kilograms. On the percentile chart, it was 33%. And I'm like, maybe you're trying to say something here, God. I don't know. Now, my daughter's definitely not the Messiah. I'm not saying anything is more special. You know, the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. And uh, trust me, <laughs> we're going through that with a two-year-old a toddler. Now, here's the thing. God just reminded me of his promise, and it was something personal to us. I know many people I speak to have feathers that just randomly appear at certain times when they really need to know it's the Lord or various things, and we don't um, base our discipleship on those things. We just we base it on the word of God, but you know, what that told me is that when you're called by God and it seems that all hell comes after you, you need to know that we won't quit. 
and God is in the detail of our lives. And um, even the last few weeks, we've, we've poured out our heart in vision, and we went to our National Leaders Conference last week, and I'm like, all the talks are going to contradict our vision. I'm just like thinking about it at night, and, um, and, and I'm like nervous, and um, it's just God is so good, and we had just amazing encounters, crazy things. Someone coming up to me, and we're looking at some branding at the moment, and they came and described the exact branding. You couldn't make it up. Uh, someone came up to us and said, look, does the, the word home or house mean anything to you at the moment? Um, and then I got a letter this week, and a church had been praying for us, and here's some quotes from, from the prophetic words. Your hospitality is incredible. The homeless will feel human again. I saw a table God has prepared for you. It's full of the most beautiful and tasty food. Just so many words that was all seemed to be saying the same thing. And one of the scriptures we have really felt God has spoken to us about, and if I could, if I could paint uh, a mural on the wall, it would be Jeremiah 29. Because I think this really sums up uh, our heart going forward. And we felt like God has prophetically spoken this over us. That this is what the Lord Almighty says the God of Israel, to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Context is these people are in exile and like we are in our time and in our moment in culture is that we feel like we're a people in exile and God says, look, make the best of it. Make the most of it. Grass isn't greener on the other side. Don't go chasing other things, but stay planted. Build. Settle down. It's about home. It's about family. It's about work. And whilst we're doing that, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city. Reach out to the city where you have settled down. We exist for this city. We exist for the renewal of this city. The script of our city to be rewritten culturally, spiritually, financially. And as we pray and as we put God first and seek God first and depend on him, there's this dual effect happening where the church prospers and grows and so does the city. We are called to lay a table for our city with a banquet and say there is room. God wants to spread a table before you and I all the time in this room today. I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you tasted and saw that the Lord was good? When was the last time you really felt God's presence in a strong and tangible way when you prayed 
Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for him to move in our time and in our day? Don't you need him as much today as you did when you first received him? Don't keep putting off the invitation of God to come to the banquet because when a church feasts on God, that is when we will then reach a city. It's always the aim of God to send his people out so that they welcome others. Israel never fulfilled its calling to be a light to the world. They thought, well, as long as we are enjoying the banquet, that's enough. That's all that God has. But Jesus wants his house full. And in a very practical way, we can resolve to be a welcoming church. We, will you say to the Lord, Lord, I will invite others to worship with me. I will open up my life, my walk of discipleship, my journey. I will practice hospitality. I won't close the door of my friendship circle. I won't just hang out with the same people I've always hung out with. I won't judge them or write them off by my criteria that have nothing to do with the kingdom. But I want the inclination of my heart to be like Christ. All is welcome. All is welcome. Christ's kingdom is all about welcome. Jesus welcomed the sinners and he ate with them and he wants his followers to do the same. When we have a vision of home and we have a culture that we're looking to create, it's really important that we don't try and do all things at once. And um, this time last year, I was in the Lake District and I was climbing a mountain. And um, as I got to the top, I saw a load of other mountains. And um, I kind of was praying and said, Lord, that's how I feel. I'm like, that's really important. But I know that's really important. And it's like the church is full of the, all these little mountains. You press on that pedal of evangelism, what about holiness? And you press on that pedal of passion and worship, what about intimacy and worship? And you press on leaders, what about pastoral care? And, and you just, all these things are really, really important. But I felt like the Lord was saying, look, just focus on a few big mountains, if you like, this year in 2020. And as I was praying, these are the things that I want us to focus on this year to create a culture of home in our church and in our city. First of all, is that we would press in and lean on the whole vision and the culture, that we'll talk about it, that uh, we'll look at the strategy behind it, we'll communicate all the time about it, there'll be physical markers of the vision you'll see popping up all the time. Vision and culture. Secondly, leaders. Jenny and I have determined we're going to spend a lot of our time investing and raising, releasing leaders and emerging leaders. One of the things that we're going to be launching starting in May is a three-week Wednesday night series called Leadership Sessions. We'll do this three times during the year. And it's for anybody who just has a desire, a heart, a longing to lead in life, lead in the church. And whether that's just in your workplace, whether that's leading people to Christ, whether that's leading a home group, leading a ministry, if you've got desires to lead a church or a multi-site or plant a church, we want to spend time with you. So leaders are really, really important. The multiplication of leaders is really important. The third thing is Sundays. Sundays is a great opportunity to invite our city to come and meet Jesus and to experience church. We want to see it grow. 
We're gonna see many, many more people come. We wanna do something called Invitation Sundays where we wanna say every Sunday is an opportunity to invite people, but at certain times during the year, and we'll start this on Easter Sunday, they're great opportunities for you to invite your friends and your family and your neighbors, your work colleagues to church. Um, we really want the environment, the aesthetics of our building to feel more like home. And so that you'll see and notice over the months uh, and this year, little tweaks and changes to things like the cafe and uh, we're gonna launch a bookshop and a number of different little things that you will just sense that this is home. On our Sundays, we're committed to good communication and we're gonna have a, a number of guest speakers coming uh, throughout the year. On March the 8th, we'd love you to kind of do a, a double church that Sunday. We're uh, really uh, privileged to have Jonathan and Nikki Abbey, who we sent out 11 years ago to plant the York Vineyard. They're gonna come and, and share. And then in the morning and in the evening, we're gonna have a, a Holy Spirit night. In, in April, uh, we're hoping to have Andy Fernan from uh, the Carl Isle Vineyard come and talk a bit about the give a day to the city, which Josh is going to communicate a little bit more to us about. And then we're really excited in October, we're going to host, I think, one of the best Bible teachers uh, in the world, and that's Simon Ponsonby for a conference. And uh, we're really, really privileged to have him come. So mark that in your diary, uh, 23rd, I think, of October. Uh, for a conference that we're going to be doing in the church and we're going to be opening up to, to the area. You'll notice a number of things uh, starting to happen. We have our podcasting, Instagram. Um, we're going to be working, we are working currently on our website to, uh, to show you in April, May time, signage, um, recycling. Anyone notice that today? Okay, right. And... Um, and various other things you'll just see. Fourthly, mission, and, uh, and Josh is gonna share about that in a moment, so I'll leave that to him. And the presence of God, the presence of God. We, re you know, we really wanna lean into God's presence, and so um, that's why we start this year out with uh, a prayer week, and we've launched a, a morning uh, prayer meeting here at the church on a Thursday at 7 a.m. as well as our Monday night. All the teams gather at 9.15 and pray here on a Sunday. It's just wonderful just to have about 25 people just praying here this morning together and worshiping before any of you arrived. It's just absolutely wonderful. We wanna say, God, your presence among us is the most important thing. Everything else is peripheral to that and we wanna lean into that and hunger for that and, and, and see God move in our times of worship and our ministry times and see kingdom encounters. Joni and I have the privilege of leading a brilliant team here, and I just want to introduce some of them uh, now. So, uh, first of all, uh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel is our assistant pastor for families, for, for kids, and staff liaison on, on a number of our, our ministries. Uh, we have Irene, who's our office manager and treasurer, and she does a number of things, also including running our, our soup kitchen and food bank. Uh, we have Josh, who's our assistant pastor, really focusing very much on mission in the church, our students, our young adults, and compassion. And we've got a couple of new people, I'm sure it's not much of a surprise, uh, Tom and Ed. Tom is our assistant pastor for operations, and Ed uh, has the fancy title of operations and comms assistant. Okay, so little things like church news you were received, blame them, okay? And so could you guys all stand uh, just where you are? Um, 
if you're around, Irene, Rachel, just stand. There you are, so you know. Let's give them a round of applause. And... <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, and I'd love um, Tom and Josh to come up. Um, we could both come up, take in turns. Don't mind. And they're just going to share their heart a, a little bit more uh, from what I've, what I've said. Hi, guys. So, yeah, John introduced me there. I've got a, the remit of operations, and, and a lot of that covers what we do practically here day by day, week by week, and especially on Sundays. So I oversee all of the Sunday family teams that we've got that come in and, and serve week by week. And um, I just want to take a little moment just to encourage you guys, if you've not yet signed up to be on a team, to do so. Uh, and the reason being is that, well, community, it requires a high level of commitment. Um, just as families require us to, be, to sacrifice a lot so they can be the best that they can be, so does community. I mean, just think about it. When you're away from your family, you think of them fondly and you can't wait to be back with them. But when you're actually with them, you have to clean the house. You have to take the bins out. You have to, you have to love your children and discipline your children. You have to love your wife or your husband when they've had a bad day at work. It's not all plain sailing. It needs to happen. We need to sacrifice some things so that we can have the community that we value. And why do we do that? Well, it's because we value our families. We love them. And we want them to work the best they can be. So our church family, I'm sure you love it. I'm sure that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. I, I often think fondly of coming back to the Hall Vineyard and I want to be a part of it. And I love you guys. We love you coming in each week and we love people coming from outside. And we want this family to flourish. So I just really want to encourage you where you are right now. Just to think, you know, if you love your, this family and you love this community and you want it to be the best it can be, you want it to grow, you want it to develop, and I encourage you just as I'm talking and just going to talk about a few teams that you think, could I do something? Can I spare a bit of my time on a Sunday or during the week? Can I sacrifice just something to make this the best it can possibly be? So, how can you do that? Well, uh, I'm just going to take a bit of a moment just to introduce you to some people as well. Uh, they may not be here, and this might be a bit of, a, <laughs> a bit of a, an odd one, but I'm going to call out some names. And if your name's called, could you please stand up? So, we've got Rachel, who runs kids. So, you get to stand again, Rachel. Uh, Johnny and Neela, who do youth. Nick and Rachel, who do worship. Uh, we have Gwyn, Ali, and Ed, who do the welcome and car park. I have Joe and Eve Draper, David and Ruth Kennedy, who do hospitality and bar. And I have Dave Mitchell, who does sound and media. So you guys, could you all stand, please? So could we give them a round of applause? Because they serve so well. Thank you. Now stay on your feet, guys. Now, if you're here and you serve under one of those teams, whether they're stood here or not, can you now stand as well, please? Excellent. So guys... Can we just give these guys a round of applause for serving in these teams? Thank you. You can sit down now. So if you sat down, <laughs> we have space. And I, I really want to encourage you to sign up to something. We, we, we do have a lot of space on teams, and we want to do better than we've ever done before. We're, we're trying to build this church, and it means we need loads more people to get involved. Um, we do struggle some weeks, and we've had people who have been served 
above and beyond, like they've said, we're sure, oh, I'll do that. I'll pick up a baton and a high-vis coat and I'll go out and do car parking, even though it's not my week. You know, I'll come and help behind the bar and smile and serve people coffee. And I want to thank you if if you've done that in the last few weeks, because it's been really, really, really helpful. But we do have space and we would love to make our teams bigger and we'd love to do them better than we're currently doing them. So if you are not yet serving, please, at the end of the service, please go out into the cafe. We've got a form you can fill in. You can put your name down. You can put the area of the team that you're interested in being on and we will get in touch and we'll get you signed up and we'd just love you to commit. Now, one of the last things that I just want to plug is during the week, we have a lot that needs to happen to actually get this place tidy. You've probably heard it spoken before. It's called Team Thursday. Um, But if you're available on a Thursday at any point in that day, and you can just come for a few hours or an hour or whatever you can give, come and hoover, come and later set the chairs out, get the cups stocked, empty the bins, do bits and pieces, then we'd love to have you here. And above and beyond that, if you can give any time in the week, we'd have you. You know, just let me know. Um, I've always got plenty of jobs. If you're quite handy, you're like DIY, uh, I've got plenty of things to fix that I'm not very good at fixing. So please let me know and come and do that as well. I'd love you to be a part of this family. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I'd love to share just for a few minutes about uh, compassion and... Um, mission and justice and all the things that we've got going on. Um, our city longs for home, doesn't it? Our city, there is so much brokenness, so much pain, so much lostness, so much restlessness. There's this discord in the soul of our city which longs for home. And the amazing thing is we have the answer to that. His name is Jesus. But how many of you know that we can't just stay in this building and shout, come home, doesn't work like that. We have to go into our city, into the most broken places, and meet people where they're at and walk them back home to Jesus. And so um, let me just start talking about compassion and justice. Compassion is just such um, a core thing that we do as a church. It is so close to God's heart. Um, I read a book last summer which talked about the difference between charity and justice. Charity Um, is meeting an immediate need. And we do that in a load of different ways from our soup kitchen, our food parcels. Talk a bit more about them in a a few moments. But it's it's incredibly important that we do this. We give away to those that need in the moment. But justice goes beyond charity. Justice is rewriting the story that someone has over their life. Justice is about breaking the chains of oppression that bind people and lead them into freedom and wholeness. And that is where we are going as a church. We have a plan. We have a commitment to build a strategy as a community where we are meeting people where they're at, meeting an an obvious need, whether that's clothing or whether that's food, but then also taking them on a journey out of injustice and oppression and brokenness towards meeting Jesus and experiencing freedom and wholeness. And so many of you will know all of the things that we do in terms of this, but I want to share a few new things. You'll know that we run a soup kitchen on a Monday called The Big Kitchen, and um, that is incredible. We need people to help serve because we are growing in that area, and um, that is Monday over lunchtime. We have 30 guys and girls come in off the streets out of hostels and receive food and prayer and relationship. They're our friends and it's incredible. We give away about a thousand food parcels a year. 
which covers maybe three or 4,000 meals that we give to our city, to those in need. And you can get involved in that by bringing food to church. And we've got some creative ways coming up um, of how to engage with that soon. But we're so passionate about justice and compassion that we're creating some new ways um, to reach out to our city. So um, uh, Mark Johansson is uh, launching, in partnership with us, a debt advice center coming up. And we're so excited about that. Uh, we're increasing all our partnerships with hostels and charities that work with um, those in need across our city. For example, the charity Lighthouse, who work with women coming out of prostitution and drug addiction. They are running an alpha here at church uh, next month. So we're incredibly excited about that. We go with a minibus and pick people up from um, organizations and charities um, on Sundays. We're so excited about that. And if you have a passion, a secret passion burning in your heart to drive a minibus, then we need you to get involved. We would love to have you. I was uh, heard, uh, heard last week um, that the head of a local housing charity um, shared that one of her, the guys in her house um, had committed suicide last week, a guy that comes to our soup kitchen. She said, in the last year, we've had four guys commit suicide in their room. She also shared how there's another housing organization in Hull, and they've had six suicides in six weeks. And in my heart, I'm like, that is not acceptable. We cannot stand by and do that. And so we've got plans to partner with these guys and bus in some of the most vulnerable and broken people to church, to spend time with them, to put on sports for them, to have fun and to restore dignity whilst doing life skills and alpha course and um, helping them get a job and um, move on in life. We do an incredible work amongst those um, in uh, care homes, James and Julie and Rachel lead that ministry. It's fantastic, and that's growing as well. And something coming up in the pipeline is called Grow Baby, working with young families or families in general who can't afford to struggle to make ends meet and care for their kids. So we want you to be involved. Let me move on to mission. Now, I'm passionate about mission, and you know John and Joni have shared that as a church we have faith for incredible growth, but this doesn't happen on its own. Jesus is looking for ordinary followers who are compelled by the mission, filled with the Spirit to go out and take the good news of the gospel to a city longing for home. And we want to really help you to and, and equip you to be involved in this. And there are two key things that I want to encourage you to get involved with over the next few months and years. And one expression of this is called Alpha. Alpha is aimed to create a space for those that are exploring life to ask their questions and share their views in a relaxed, fun, and informal environment. This year, we are planning five Alpha courses across the life of our church. I've mentioned one um, with Lighthouse. We're doing one hopefully in the summer with Big Kitchen. Uh, we've got more in the pipeline. But our next Big Alpha is an Alpha meal launching on the 25th of February. And you are invited. We have got loads of these flyers available. Take them, get involved, bring your friends along. There is power in invitation. I want to invite Izzy to come on up really quickly and share just a simple story of how powerful invitation is. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> Izzy is a first year student here and um, you kind of, yeah, tell us what happened in terms of you inviting your friends to Alpha. What happened at the start? Yeah, so when we had the evening service about Alpha, um, my church back home had done it a few times. I was really excited about it. 
uh, kind of went home with that attitude. I live with seven other girls in student accommodation. I was like, yeah, I'm going to invite all of them. It'll be great. I can convince at least one of them to come. Um, so I took some of the flyers, left them about in the kitchen. No one responded. Um, so then I was talking to two of the girls that I'm closest to in the flat, told them about it. So there was going to be free food. It would be great. And they both rejected me. Um, <laughs> so you invited your housemates yeah. and they all said no. Yeah. So if you invite people and they say no, don't worry. Yeah. Then what happened? Uh, so then I was like, I had the event on Facebook on my phone. I thought, I'll just share it. Um, and see what happens and one of the girls from my course called Alexia then messaged me and said can you tell me a little bit more about it and then asked if I would come with her so you came to Alpha yeah. and you brought a friend mm -hmm. and I presume she loved it yeah what happened next <laughs> um, so yeah we came to the first one she absolutely loved it loved being able to ask all the questions that she wanted to ask in that relaxed environment uh, and the week after she messaged me I messaged her actually saying are you coming to Alpha again she said yes and actually um, I was talking to someone called Matt, who's also on our course in the library, um, and she wondered if he could come as well. So she comes to Alpha, next mm -hmm. week brings a friend. Yeah. What happened to Alexia by the end of Alpha? Uh, yeah, so by the end of Alpha, Alexia then started coming to church and just before Christmas gave her life. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Thank you so much. And she comes every week and she has met Jesus. So let me encourage you to get the word out, get inviting people take some of these flyers and be involved the change in the world i believe starts with an invitation um so if you want to serve at this alpha we need kitchen team catering team hospitality table leaders welcome bar everything live music we want to make it an incredible event so please do let us know um Quickly, we, we do a ministry called Jesus at the Door, which is changing people's lives on the streets. Our students go out every week and do water bottles, um, serving the city. But the final thing I want to mention is give a day to the city. Give a day to the city. This is a brand new initiative that we are launching in May with a vision to build a better hull. That is the heart behind it. Give a Day is about radical generosity. It's about relentless compassion and contagious hope. And it was birthed out of the question, what would it look like for our community that we have to give what we've got away for the sake of the city? It's not just about doing something to the city, but it's about doing something with the city. It's about friendship and partnership with the city and bringing life. And so in May, we are officially launching Give a Day to the City on the 16th. It will be a full Saturday where we all head out and do a load of projects, um, partnering with local charities, the police commissioner, um, the local council to make a difference in Hull. It's going to change the city forever. But we don't want to just create projects um, kind of centrally and then people sign up for them, although that will be a part of it. I want to encourage you guys to begin to dream about what would it look like, where you find yourself planted to take what God has given you and then give it away for the sake of the city. So if you're doctors and nurses, what, what might it look like for you to bring life to the environment where you work, which I know is so uh, under the cosh at the minute and stress? What would it look like to bring compassion and hope? Maybe hampers delivered to those areas. If you work for a charity, how could we bless that organization? If you live on a street where you're constantly battling fly tipping, how could we change that? This is about us as a community partnering with one another and the city to bring change forever.
And so over the next few weeks, we'll be letting you know what's going on and the different projects that we're planning. But we want to hear from you. If you can get in touch, have a think and a pray about how to get involved, you can email us on hello at wholevineyard.co.uk and say, I've got a dream, I've got a complaint, I've got a, something that I feel like we could do to make a difference in the city, something practically, whether it's painting or renovating a house or whatever, we want to hear from you. So three ways you can get involved with Give a Day. We're going to be talking more about this next week. Firstly, pray. Just cover everything we're doing in prayer. Ask God what your yes might look like in this moment. Secondly, get in touch with us on this email about projects, about complaints, what you would love to see happen. We are looking for people who are bothered. Botheredness is a character trait which will change the world. If you are bothered about something, let us know. And finally, save the date, the 16th of May, all day. It's going to be huge, and we want you involved. Thank you. Let's give, give those guys a round of applause. So, I'm going to pray, uh, but I just want to finish with this, is that if you're here and you... Um, you want to make this your home. We, we always say, and there's no reason to change it, there, there are four things, four ways you can make this your home. First of all is just attend church. Attend on a Sunday. Secondly, join a home group. Connect with a small group of people of 10, 11, 12 people who meet midweek in locations all across um, the area. And they do, they eat together, they worship together, pray for one another, look after each other, read the Bible together. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. The third thing is, you've heard just whether it's with our church or whether it's mission, find a place to serve. I really think people get an understanding of vision when they just serve. And so um, get, join up with a team. First and foremost, just get involved with anything. But more importantly than that, maybe uh, think about the things, the gifts that you carry and, uh, and how that can be best used for the kingdom. And finally, to give. Um, we believe as a church, as, as Joni talked about yesterday, about having a culture of radical generosity. And um, we first and foremost give to God because he asks us to give. And it's just an amazing kingdom faith adventure when we get into the whole area of giving of our finances, as well as our time, our attention, giving our finances. And uh, for a number of you, give so generously to the church. For a number of you, um, you're just maybe starting out on the journey. And, um, and, and so we want to encourage you to maybe start that journey. And uh, on, in, the, in the cafe uh, in the, near the stairs, uh, if you go there, there's an opportunity to do a number of things. An opportunity to say, look, I want to join a home group. There's an opportunity to say, look, I want to get involved on a team. There's also an opportunity to pick up a finance form and say, look, I would love to start giving, contributing to the church through radical generosity. And so uh, they'll answer any questions that you have and we'd love to invite you on that journey to do those four things to make this your home.